everybody, and welcome to the second Mandalorian podcast right here on Cookie Speaks Words. I'm Cookie. I speak words. And today we're going to talk about Mandalorian episode two with none other than Mr. Bohan. Mr. Bohan, how are you doing? I don't know why I said it like that. How are you doing today, man? I'm here. How are you? That's that's all I can ask for. I am uh, uh, semi-insane. So not bad. All right. Just semi-insane. So we're going to break this down. If you haven't seen the episode yet, uh, this is your spoiler warning because it's going to be all spoilers from here on out. We're going to hit the spoilers hard. So uh, this would be your chance to tune out and come back if you don't want to be spoiled. But otherwise, it's all spoilers ahead. We're going to review. We're going to recap. We're going to break it down. We're going to give every thought we can possibly come up with about this episode. So, Bohan, I'm going to let you take the reins here first and steer this podcast any way you want to and let us know what did you think your overall reaction of Mandalorian Episode 2 because first episode, I really didn't like it. You kind of did. How did you feel about this one? Overall, I felt this was pretty meh. Mid. Um, I was kind of bored, to be honest with you. Um, I was really one of the big complaints that I have with this episode that I really didn't like was whenever Grogu and Din first show up on Mandalore, like <clears throat> he's wanting to to see if like the planet has breathable oxygen and stuff like that, if it's safe for them to even be there. So he sends that astrodroid down into some tunnel to see if it's safe it's supposed to take some readings and then something happens to the astro droid so din's like all right i'm gonna go check it out and he tells grogu to stay there so he goes to check it out and these man bear pig monsters jump out and attack him so he defeats the man bear pig monsters with the dark saber which you know all right cool get to see the dark saber whatever finds the astro droid and they walk back out, and the astrodroid is like, "Hey, it's safe. You can you can breathe here." And Din's like, "Wow, that's pretty surprising. It's not cursed after all." And then he takes Grogu, and then they go back down the tunnel again, and then something ends up happening to him. So Grogu has to go back out of the tunnel again to go get Bo Katan. Yeah, and then. And then they go back down the tunnel again. So this episode is going in and out of this tunnel, like the majority of the episode. And I was I was starting to like, I was kind of falling asleep because I was like, what is this like tunnel simulator? What are we doing? Well, they also um, showed everything. Like we didn't need to see baby Yoda go <laughs> all the way back to the ship. Yeah, they they showed him that. floating they all, the back, you know? going, like, walking all the way back. They could have skipped going, walking all the way back. I felt like they were trying to reach a certain runtime with this episode, and they were just filling it with traveling up and down this tunnel. That's a good point. Honestly, I was just going to say my biggest problem with this show was, or this episode was the pacing, because there were certain sequences that I wanted to be longer, and there were certain sequences, like what you're talking about, that I wanted to be much shorter. And there were also a lot of things that happened in the episode that I that just seemed to pivot to something else way faster than it needed to. Um, 
but yeah so so what i'm saying is basically uh yeah that that was a major issue in this episode there was a lot of weird pacing problems but uh yeah did did you was this worse than the first episode uh for me yeah i think so because i I at least had a lot of fun with the first episode this one i wasn't having very much fun it i'm not saying it's bad there's some things in this episode that i thought were cool but overall i thought the episode was kind of boring i tend to agree for the most part i kind of think this episode was a little better than the first one because i really didn't like the first one but I end up kind of being in about the same spot as you. Uh, it was pretty boring. And uh, like I said, the pacing was awful. I had no idea. The pacing just made me feel very off. I feel like I'm going to say pacing about 600 times during this podcast. So I'm going to try to get creative so I don't just keep saying that. But it like a good example of that would be um, when Bo-Katan finds uh, the Mandalorian, finds Din, and they have their little fire and eat some soup. And Din says he's going to keep looking for the uh, the mines of Mandalore so he can, you know, baptize himself, basically. And she says, all right, well, I'll take you there because you'll never find it on your own. Five seconds later, they find They're it. They're there. That's bad <laughs> pacing. I understand <clears throat> that that doesn't necessarily mean that she was wrong, but it makes it look like she was wrong. It makes it look like, oh, geez, it took five seconds for her and him to find it. So obviously... It wasn't that hard. All you have to do to make that look legitimate is have like, maybe she hits like a secret button or maybe she goes down like, Hey, here's this secret tunnel I know of because I was the princess of Mandalore at one point, anything just so it makes that statement not look incredibly stupid. Cause from that point of view, it makes it look like it's like, Oh, you'll never find it without me. Here's this gigantic door and this really long hallway that, seems impossible for anybody to miss so it just makes it look stupid you know it's like it's missing a scene that's that's pacing that's an issue another bad example of pacing is what we already talked about like why are we still seeing this stupid tunnel over and over again there was no purpose to it we didn't discover anything new in the tunnel um why did we need to see it again i don't know if they were just like we spent a lot of money on this tunnel, so we're going to get it at scene worth. <laughs> and it, I will say that was probably the best thing about the episode. It looked really cool. I oh, thought yeah. the ruins of Mandalore looked when they, really, really cool. So I really liked the arrival on Mandalore. So I liked in the sound. Oh, it sounded so cool. Whenever uh, Din cool, ship yeah. was going in through the storm and like you could hear the rain like pelting off like the metal and off the, the glass of his ship. And, you know, there's thunder wind lightning like it's really rugged it's really rough and then once they break through the clouds you know you, you finally see the surface of mandalore and it's just it's ruins and it's glass it's it's really pretty to look at they did a really good job mm-hmm. of designing it and i yep. also i also liked the little bit of lore there that this planet has had the shit blown out of it so bad that it um shifted its magnetic fields so once you're in, you can't communicate with the outside world or anything because mm-hmm. it just—it's so rough. It—it's—it's it's been blown to hell. It's an interesting plot device that actually makes sense. Yeah, I mean that's that—that's kind of a cool idea. I also like that. Um, you know, Mandalore has never been in live action before. It's only been in cartoons and stuff in Star Wars. So to actually, I know it's in ruins, but 
you know, from watching the Clone Wars, you get the impression like, yeah, this does kind of look like Mandalore with ruins. Uh, it's a little hard to tell that because there's it's so ruined that <laughs> it's kind of hard to like even say, oh, that's what Mandalore used to look like. But I actually think they did a decent job. Yeah, I mean, the planet kind of feel that way. The planet's been blown to shit. Like, yeah, it's, that's that's the vibe that I got from it. Yeah, and I thought that was one of the best things about the episode is the overall feel of the environment was very cool. I I liked that. I liked that it was a good combination of like it wasn't totally glass to nothingness, but there's still very much so. You know, like it wasn't to the point that the Mandalorians think it was, where it's just a glass, a sheet of glass, and there's nothing there. I mean, there's definitely ruins, obviously, still working, and obviously, it's still livable, sorta, um, with with certain creatures there and stuff. Um, which again which, was the other thing another I kind of liked about the Bo, episode. Bo-Katan was surprised because she was like, uh, the, the man bear pig people, I don't remember exactly what they're called. Comments probably know, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, she mentions people. what they're called. I don't know yeah, why she, she mentions it. Don't she says like that they used, to, <laughs> Amen. they used to live in like the, uh, the badlands outside, like the main city and stuff like that. And she's yeah. like, I thought they all would have been wiped out, but they, they survived. Mm-hmm. And they've taken over the area, which I mean, right? They're they're living in the ruins. Sense. They're the only ones still there, I guess. Um, yeah, the, the little bit of lore that Bo Katan brings up in this episode was kind of cool. Bo Katan in general was kind of cool in this episode. There I is one her. thing that I figured out later that made more sense because I was totally confused when I first saw it, and this was just bad dialogue or again bad editing, pacing, directing. Something was off here because when when the, uh, um. When Grogu comes back with the Starfighter to get Bo-Katan, she thinks obviously that it's Din, and she says, "All right, let's get rid of him for the f- for the final yeah. time." I'm like, <laughs> "She's gonna kill him? Like I missed something here. I didn't think she was on the verge of killing." Now everything she does after that makes me think that's not what she meant. But boy, that should have been presented differently because when you say get rid of him. That's what I, don't I thought think, she was meeting. And when she comes out there at first, she doesn't sound like she's going to kill him. She sounds like, hey, get the hell out of here. I don't want to see you again, which that makes sense. But her killing him would be like, whoa, OK, I, I didn't see that. Because that's that's what I thought she meant, because I was like, oh, no, like that's Grogu. Yeah. that's in the ship. Not not then. Like, because, yeah, she gets up and she's like, all <laughs> she right, just shoots it down with a finish and this kills him. once and for all. Yeah, and, the like, way she, she has her got, like she has her jetpack on and shit. And I'm like, oh, boy, she's she's gonna straight up <laughs> like murder him <laughs> yeah, i was like oh my god i didn't know that their relationship was that bad like so that was just a weird line that i assume they meant it as in just get him out of here for the first time for the first time for the last time because everything she did wouldn't have made any sense after that if she was like i'm gonna kill him she's like oh look it's grogu oh i guess i'll help oh i guess i'll be kind i guess i'll do all these nice things like I hope that that's not what happened. I assume we just misinterpreted that scene, but I was clearly not the only one because not only you feel this way, Swanee felt I mean, that way, my, my brother felt that way. Yeah. So so far, everybody I've seen or talked to that's seen the episode felt that way. So they they messed up. <laughs> like that that shouldn't come out that way. That's another yeah, like she when she went out there, she had her jetpack on or dialogue. I think she had her helmet with her. Like mm-hmm. it looked like she was, she was ready, ready to battle. go. Yeah, I, and I it's it's just a bizarre little scene there. I don't know what was going on there. Um, and we'll break down everything here in a minute. But like, I I enjoyed the little creatures and stuff. And again, this kind of goes to the look. It looked really good. Like, the... it didn't look fake or 
weirdly CGI'd or anything. The one the one creature that ended up ensnaring Din that had like the the mech the legs. that it was yeah. like it had like this like uh symbiotic attachment maybe with this mech or it was like just mm-hmm. able to pilot that creature was really cool. I thought yeah. that thing was it was really well designed. That was a well, very it, interesting concept. The, I want to learn so much more about that creature. I wanted like, to know what that because was too. It, they didn't say anything about it. They didn't. It reminds me of uh, about it. It reminds me of General Grievous. Like its legs it kind, look yeah, like yeah. General Grievous's legs. I was yeah, thinking like, like a, I. Well, I had like a couple a biomechanical creature. Like I'm like I hope that they're not bringing back Grievous because like for God's sake come up with new characters don't do this thing where you just keep bringing everybody back to life so there was a thought in my head like is that what they're trying to do <laughs> um, but I obviously didn't do that but my other thought was like okay well this is a really cool idea because Grievous was really interesting because he was like a droid that was kind of human or he was kind of organic. So, so there was like something really interesting, but they've never done anything like that since Grievous. So I remember correctly, I could be completely wrong. Probably gonna probably gonna get pooped on the comments for this, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that Dooku ended up wiping out most of Grievous's species, and ended up brainwashing Grievous and like giving like Grievous all those like droid parts and stuff like that, and kind of manipulated grievous into working for him by saying like oh the the jedi did it they they're the ones that wiped out your entire species and you should seek revenge on them and that's why he became like so obsessed with hunting down jedi and collecting their lightsabers yeah i could be completely wrong but i i think that's something along the lines of what was going down with grievous so if that is what's canon either at this point if that is the same species as grievous that would be interesting be very interesting because that species is something I, I thought that he was like a droid that the had been combined with some organic material i never really knew grievous's story entirely i'm i know people in the comments will so i don't mind hearing about that if you want to throw that in the comments but yeah, yeah definitely if this creature is more. in the is in the same species or same idea as general grievous i find that extremely interesting i mean you could make a whole story out of that species and what that means because it's very unique but and uh like the whole really biomechanical thing, I've always had, like, because I always like all sorts of, like, creatures and critters and stuff like that. So, like, whenever you have something that is part organic and part machine, that always fascinates me. Because mm-hmm. uh, even with, like, Magic the Gathering, huge, this is going a little off topic, but Magic the Gathering is something called the, called the Phyrexians, and they're, they're ah. biomechanical. So, mm-hmm. I, I just, I really like that correlation with organs and machines yeah and i thought i thought that that was an interesting thing that they could have done something with but they doesn't appear that they're going to maybe we'll hear more about that later i hope so i thought that was kind of cool they just straight up like bo katan just straight up murked that thing and we didn't get to hear anything about what it was who it was wasn't he also like extracting blood from din he was taking something from Din. Which I don't is know also very interesting. I thought it was blood. It looked like was, he had a tube in him or something. I don't know if he was extracting or putting something into Din. That's also possible. I, know, I couldn't really tell. But he had some sort of tube hooked up to him. Yeah. And the design of the, the creature was really cool. He had like a weird backpack with a bunch of tubes yeah. on it. And he had that creepy eye and stuff. Like he was a very interesting thing. I kind of would have liked to, to know a lot more about that character or what what's going on there. Maybe we will. Maybe that's the first sign of yeah, maybe there's a lot of them completely in the over or something. 
yeah like i hope that's just not like hey we got this cool creature to be a threat and then we're gonna get rid of them also that was one of the only surprises i had was when the thing actually popped out in the giant suit yeah. i was like oh shit i did not see that coming it's <laughs> like all right um so let's take this piece by piece beginning to end um but overall uh, i'll talk more about it at the end but uh yeah this is this is not good i'm not i'm not a fan of what the mandalorian is putting out so far with the first two episodes but let's let's break it down everything starts out um on uh tatooine actually with that woman that i don't know what her name is i've called her fixing woman yeah i don't don't remember remember her name either name is uh this scene was odd for a couple different parts it's interesting though because it looks like they're having a festival with racing and stuff and they're racing with sand speeders it looks like and what's interesting with the sand speeders is i was kind of hoping how awful well i was hoping that too i but i guess pod racing maybe got outlawed i don't know there's probably some lore there that i don't know but remember how awful the sand speeders looked in book of boba fett when those uh cyberpunk people had them Remember how bad they looked? I forgot about no, it no, no. until you this just a, brought it this up. This is a positive. Like they looked a lot better from far away. Like when that overhead shot, I'm like, hey, they look like real sand speeders and not like glitchy messes that don't make any sense. Like they're going at a good speed. So I was like, that's a good sign. Uh, it doesn't mean anything, but I just saw that and thought that was interesting for half a second. So anyway, they go down to the fixing woman. She's arguing with the Rodian that she's basically screwing over with the Jawas. And then <laughs> I thought that was I thought that was kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Then the funny. Mandalorian shows up with Grogu. And there was a moment in here, and this has been happening had, I know what you're a lot talking in this about. episode. <laughs> Look, Disney has a lot of money. <laughs> I, I know that Grogu is a puppet. <laughs> But what the fuck was that jump when like... Grogu jumps out of the Starfighter <laughs> and lands in her hands? That was the uh... fakest looking shit I've seen from a company as big as Disney in a long time. And the sad part is it's not really fake. I guess they literally threw a Grogu stuffed animal say. in the air. I It looked like Din. Guy. It looked like Din just like fucking like chucked him over. <laughs> it looked awful. Uh, it cracked me up and then we're like yeah leave that in like yeah it looked maybe maybe it was just so dumb and hilarious they left it in because that's kind of how i felt about it because it it (laughs) cracked me up it took me completely out of the episode for a little bit i'm like what the (laughs) fuck was that (laughs) that's like i mean it is literally the same as porgasm here throw them like that that's exactly what it looked like, except that looked better because Porgasm was off screen for a minute, so you couldn't tell how fake that looked. But it looked like she just caught a stuffed animal. It looked so fucking stupid. For yeah, anybody listening was... on audio, I'm literally throwing a stuffed animal in the air and catching it because that's, that's what it looked like. It's so If you want to see bad. it, then check out the YouTube channel. Cookie speaks words. You can, you can see Cookie throw a porg. or and catch it yeah you never get that experience with just audio or if you hate seeing this and hate our faces you could listen to the audio version of our podcast (laughs) which is on apple Podcasts and spotify under cookie speaks words so now that those double plugs are gone what a um, good spot for a plug we did great there didn't we i I like our double plug it just magically happened it's so natural we're such good podcasters all right what was i talking about Oh, oh, thanks. 
<laughs> take me down a notch. Um, but anyway, that that just looked terrible. I I know that they are trying to keep Grogu as the puppet, and sometimes there's going to be things that he does that look really dumb. But you, you got to find another way. Uh, you can't like look that bad and that fake. I mean, that looked like something out of like a sixties or seventies weird special effects shit. Maybe that's this what is... they were going for, though. Maybe they were going for like a little retro Star Wars feel. I don't know. Just why would they want to do that? No, retro Star Wars didn't look that bad. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> what are they doing? That just that just looked awful and took me out of it for a second. I'm like, oh my god, that is. Yeah. Some... I mean, I was I was laughing my ass off. So I... they could have. There's so I'm many different like, ways I... they could have done that. Like they could have shown him just start to jump and then he lands in her hands and you don't have to see the like in the air, no movement at all in his extremities, and he's just a rock and falls down <laughs> into her arms. Ugh. Anyway, I don't really like this character that much, the fixing woman. She's fine, I guess, but she's shown yeah, she's up way right. too much. Like she's she keeps showing up way more than I feel like makes that much sense. But I guess I guess I guess it's like the mechanic that you trust, so you just keep going back to them. I guess that's where Mando's at with this. Like, yeah, well, I could see that. He hasn't screwed me over, I... so I keep going back. And they didn't spend a lot of time with her this time, so I'm like, okay, that's it's not a huge deal to be honest. But the worst part of that was just the, was the weird Grogu <laughs> flying through the air. Like, oh my god. The best part of it was for me. I really like this droid that they picked up. I call him the anxiety droid, the R5 unit. I like it. It's like yeah. me in droid form. So I really felt a connection <laughs> deeply with this droid who's terrified of everything. It was wonderful. Um, and I like that, like, this. I, I told you from the last episode, I hate this IG-88 plot. Like, what is he trying? Why is he trying to revive IG-88? This I don't even know if that is IG-88, isn't it? IG-11. I don't, I don't, it's one of the I don't really get it either. I was just like, all right, whatever. Whenever they went like into it in the first episode. Cares. But he's still but doing now, it. now... But now, whenever he shows up and she's like, oh, just take this Astro droid. Like, I was like, okay, so. Is that going to whole... get rid of that plot? <laughs> yeah, is that, is that plot done now? I hope so. I mean, I like the R5 better anyway. We need a different yeah. personality of droid. We don't need this, like, ballsy droid. We need a terrified droid. <laughs> it's some horror in the droid's eyes. That's what we really need. So, you know, I, I hope they stick with this. I I let ig die i mean come on with this bringing yeah, stuff I back agree. to life let ig die um then they kind of have and this was the moment you were talking about where they get to mandalore and they start to go through the atmosphere and stuff but there's also this moment before they get in the atmosphere where mando's straight up just talking to grogu right and he's talking kind of like father to son more or less showing um, him how to navigate yeah showing him some stuff which he literally has to use five minutes from now in the plot, which is a little lazy, but okay. <laughs> At least you like gave it something. And I think they kind of alluded in the last episode, didn't they? Unless I just dreamt this up that he was sort of, tre- he was sort of teaching Grogu stuff about the ship. Yeah. Even in the last episode. So yep. it's, I, I, I wasn't going to hurt him on that. It was just, you know, it's, it's kind of nice because they don't have a lot of moments where they actually talk to each other. Of course, Grogu can't talk back, which on a bigger note is, do you think, okay, let me ask you this. Do you think that's going to cause a problem at some point that Grogu doesn't talk? Because I feel like I'm starting to get tired of the little noises. 
I might be alone Well, here. it sounds like he's trying to say words now. Yeah, maybe. Unless it's just me. Because whenever, whenever he does that, like, low-budget jump into that one lady's arms, he <laughs> he says budget. something. And she's like, did you hear that? He, he said something. He said, They are alluding to him talking. But, I mean, it, it does sound like he, he might eventually say some words soon. I, I'm kind of wondering if that's what they're starting to push towards. I'll be honest. I don't know whether I want him to talk or not. Like, I think I want him to talk, but I hope I'll tell you, a really, the first like, deep voice, deep voice starts talking. <laughs> hey there. Yeah, that would be pretty fucking weird and bizarre. I don't know if I really want that, but I, I don't. That's going to be a tough transition. It was tough enough to get him to have a name, Grogu. Like, a lot of people haven't even accepted that. They still call him Baby Yoda. So, and he, he's the selling point of the series to a lot of people. Um, so you can't fuck him up, but right now as a fan, I am starting, I'm just, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just becoming the angry grandpa, but I'm starting to get annoyed by it. It's like they are, (laughs) they're milking the cuteness for so much of all it's worth. Like everything that happens, like, all right, time for a cute reaction. All right. It's like, they're trying to get the cute reaction to every fucking scene in the show. Like, like everything like i get it i want to see a cute scene from grogu but every fucking scene every thing that happens we have to see grogu's cute reaction to it it's like they're milking it so much and it looks so obvious like they're just putting as much grogu on the screen as possible to get people uh to keep watching i guess I, i don't know i got I got annoyed by that in this episode, so I don't know if that's going to be a problem, I guess, moving forward. I mean, I know that's why they brought Grogu back in for season three. Yeah. Like, they had that connection of Grogu getting back with Din in the Book of Boba Fett show to set up for season three of this. And, I mean, yeah, it's it's, it's their selling point. Yeah, everything with the Mandalorian since uh, <laughs> since the ending of season two is really not been great for me like i I love season two had such a satisfying ending it did and it was so sad but it was still like you know nice and wonderful at the same time and then for like them to have their reunion be in a really weird situation and a really shitty show (laughs) and now uh, i mean I'll, i'll get to it i guess when we get to the end of it but this this all seems to be falling apart a little bit so they get on the surface of Mandalore, like you said. Um, I won't talk about this much because you pretty much already broke it down. The droid goes out and tests the environment, gets attacked. Mando, blah, 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 blah. Um, the next interesting thing that happened... Now, we did talk about these fighters a little bit, and Bo-Katan says that they were like the creatures of like the, the outside lands and stuff. Uh, what do you think of the design of them, though? Because we don't get a great look at them, but they kind of look like cyber gorillas it was it was really dark but yeah they uh were like really they were, really they were ancient cavemen or something yeah they were they were an interesting design uh, i'll say that much i mean i Definitely. was okay with the design i was like these guys are interesting yeah it was kind of hard to get a real good before. look at them and i wonder if we did get a good look at them if they wouldn't look so good but considering the way they were shaded and stuff yeah, it looked pretty cool and interesting allowed for something for you know, the Mandalorian and Bo-Katan to end up fighting. And then it gets to that part that we were talking about. Now, the, again, like 
this view of that city and Mandalore and the way it looked being ruined and stuff. Again, it's my favorite part of the episode. I really thought that that looked really epic and cool. So I don't have to go a whole lot more into that. Um, and then they start to do this thing that you were talking about where they have to show the entire descent down, which first time, fine. Yeah, that's fine. But Second, I don't need to see it third? three more times. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> do they really need to like make it that obvious how they got down there? Like, I mean, it's nice to know, I guess, that Grogu has the ability to like elevate that thing so much, but I really don't. I mean, I was just, I always just assumed it did that anyways. Yeah, I mean, it floats, so I, I guess it can float higher. Uh, cool. And even then, he could still just use the Force. If it, if it didn't, like, mechanically, if it didn't float that high on its own, he could just use the Force to make it go higher on its own. He hasn't hasn't used a lot of Force yet. We do see a little bit of that here in a little bit. Um, and then Mando gets captured, like we talked about, by the big droid thing, which, again, really thought this design was interesting and cool of the big droid, too kind of like it was like a trapdoor spider almost like comes out it of was. the dust and takes you down mm-hmm. yeah yeah because he stops to look at that other mandalorian's helmet which i thought that was kind of a cool scene because it was just a helmet mm-hmm. and oh man it could have been darker if like a skull fell out of it or something but <laughs> yeah i mean it would have made sense too considering they, they the situation really, they didn't really go that route but he picks up the helmet and he's looking at it and it plays like the the mandalorian theme and then uh yeah, those the mechanical like legs come up and snatch his ass up and run off with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Grogu again has his like again the puppet thing wasn't working that well for me with this walking either. It was better, but I, I don't know if it was just because they already took me out of it so bad. Because you don't want to be thinking in the episode, well, that's a puppet, even though you know it. You want to think, well, that's Grogu. And maybe I just, because of what they already did, was like, oh boy, this looks really fake to me right now. <laughs> because when he's walking around, I'm like, oh, this just feels really fake. I don't know. It just, that might just be me. Like when he's strolling around, like this didn't look right to me. <laughs> it looked really unnatural and strange. But maybe that's just me. When, what I'm talking about is when like Mando's captured and he's like kind right. of spying on the droid thing and stuff. Yeah. And he tries to free him by using the force. Yeah. Which I guess was not effective. So he runs back. We get to see everything as he tries to go to again. Bo-Katan. Yeah. We get to see him leave the, the entire then, city and cave again. Again, exactly the same way. And then we talk about that Bo Katan scene that we already talked about. And she does decide to come help. Uh, actually, it almost seemed like without hesitation, which was really weird considering I thought she wanted him dead five seconds ago, but I guess I misread that scene. <laughs> yeah, I still so, don't quite understand. Maybe somebody else will. Maybe. Uh, so she goes back and Bo-Katan reveals, I, I think, I don't remember if she says stuff to Grogu about the Jedi. I think she does. Yeah, she does. And yeah. she talks about how she knew... Jedi and stuff. I was really hoping each other. Yeah, I was really hoping we get a little bit more on that because she didn't talk about it for very long. I was like, you could you could keep talking. I'm I'm okay with this conversation. This is interesting to me. I would have been fine with that as well. Yeah, and it felt more like, hey, in case you haven't watched the Clone Wars, um, Bo Katano, I'm in it. Do a little expose, (laughs) and she, like, I wanted more of that. I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of people probably haven't seen the Clone Wars, and maybe they want to know a little bit more. Like she said, I used to work with the Jedi. Yeah. 
Like, okay, you could say that's, more that's than that. It. Like, come on, there's there's time for some dialogue here. The dialogue, again, in this episode, like the first one, is just really boring. There's nothing complex to this dialogue. It's not like Mandalorian's supposed to have incredible dialogue, but it was never boring. I was never like, oh, God, they're talking to each other. I also thought it was interesting that Bo-Katan was referring to Din as Grogu's dad. Yes, she was, which I don't think I've heard before. And she also always referred to him as Din. And there's not that many that do. I think, like, most people call him Mando. Like uh, Carl Weathers' character, which I forgot his mm-hmm. name again, he calls him Mando. Um, I think Moff Gideon called him Mando. Like I don't, obviously he was a bad guy though, but I don't think anybody else calls him Din. So it's kind of interesting they have that little connection. She makes sure to call him Din every time, or to Grogu calls him Dad. So Bo-Katan definitely shows herself to be significantly different than pretty much every other character in the show. And like I said, she was the best part of this episode because I get where she's coming from. I totally understand her. She's like fed up with the stupid Mandalorian BS about like. Yeah. I really do like her character. Yeah. I think she's she's, cool. she's interesting. And I'd like more. And we got a lot of her in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I, want I her know. Telling more lore about Mandalore. Yeah, like I know some of the lore and I still want to hear it again or hear more about it. And it's not like I know all the lore of Mandalore. <laughs> Mandalore. Anyway. <laughs> God, hilarious. Anyway, so they this this part was also weird because the first time that Grogu goes all the way back through the tunnel, uh, this weird little lizard thing looks at him like a lizard rat or something. I'm not really sure what that is. And then the second time he's afraid of it. Like, I know that they've gone a lot about Grogu being afraid and stuff. Like, you know, Mando tells him, don't be afraid. And Luke says he's got a lot of fear in him, and that's a concern. Wasn't he with Luke for, like, two years? Did he not develop, like, any I don't balls? know, but... Like, it might be in a little rough on him there, but, like... I'm kind of surprised Luke rat. wasn't just, like, I sense fear in you and tried to murder Grogu. I mean, it's what he tried to do to Kylo. That's also true. That's a whole other... This is the same Luke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean maybe that's why luke started to go that way maybe he's like uh i shouldn't put up with fear anymore after fucking grogu i'm gonna fuck it i'm gonna fuck up my nephew <laughs> if i sense any fear in that little bitch he's gonna be dead <laughs> yeah that that's uh another problem with the world but anyway grogu goes back the second time and he's like oh my god it's the lizard rat i was like really i found that bizarre that he was actually afraid of that thing so maybe i was just being especially since he could probably just use the force and like bond with it and he just did bond with it yeah like he did with the rancor in the book of oh okay i see what you're saying so yeah uh he just (laughs) i guess he's still afraid of these things yeah i also just force pushed one of the um bamboo pig monsters i don't I guess I can call them man, bear, pig. They don't look like men, bear, or pigs. They don't. I'm just calling <laughs> they them. They look that. like men a little bit. Anyway, whatever those things were. He he threw one of them out of the cave right before this, so I, I don't know. I'm being too harsh on Grogu, but I expect more out of him right now. He's to grow a pair. But anyway, the point is they go back and Bo-Katan. Fucking Grogu. What a piece of shit. I don't go that far, but I do kind of sound like I'm being that way about him right now. Uh, Bo-Katan goes back and has the best action scene, I think, of the of the episode. 
with you know her little fight with the droid thing, the little General Grievous looking and thing. She definitely knows how to use that dark saber. They make that very apparent that she knows how to use it, and Mando still doesn't. Which it's supposed to be years now since he got that dark saber, and he still doesn't know how to use it, which is kind of odd. Like now that I know what the timeline is, I'm like, how the hell does Mando still not know how to use that fucking dark saber? But she definitely knows how to use. She's oh, yeah. super smooth with it. And it was kind of fun to see. I'm like, all right, now we're seeing someone who like you know, it's like lightsabers again. Like this is cool to watch. Finally, so yeah, she I cuts that- through. She cuts through that thing like butter with it. It's <laughs> yeah, she. It's definitely she's... not uh, it's not weighing her down like it does with Mando. She'd love to have it in her hands. And she did have the option of keeping it because all she had to do was walk over to Mando and right through his head and all done and dusted. And she could be the princess of Mandalore, have the dark saber and all that. But they didn't really even sound like they like were like that was a thought in her head. Like she they didn't, didn't bring up the dark saber like at all. No, and she doesn't like even remotely consider doing it. Like they didn't give a moment of her looking at him, looking at the dark saber, and being like, you know, I could easily take it. But she didn't do that. And I I guess partially you're right. It it wouldn't really be her challenging him at all. She would literally just be killing him while he's captured. That's the thing. I guess that would be dishonorable. He offered he offered to just give it to her because he was like, Take it. I don't want it. And she's like, No. I I, if I were to take it from you, I have to earn it. Yeah, so I I guess that would still go against the whole Mandalore creed and everything. So I guess she wouldn't even consider that anyway. But I'm surprised they didn't give it a moment of like pause to look at the dark saber and be like, hmm, you know, and like look at her face or something. So you could tell that she's thinking about her options here. That would be really out of do character, anything. though. I, I feel like that'd be too off character for her. Like I could see Maybe. her being like, I want to challenge you for it, but not just, oh, you're defenseless and you can't do anything. I'm just gonna kill you while you can't do anything and take the dark saber i feel like that'd be really that's, out of her character that's probably fair i i think i'm i guess i'm thinking more just like to give you a second to wonder what she's thinking like maybe not make it obvious that she wants to kill mando or something but maybe maybe more like a she looks at it like hmm what are my options here more or less i don't know just like but anyway they don't do anything with that really so she ends up having this little talk around soup as they cook soup for each other and it actually gave me a second to think, like, how is he going to eat that soup? I've never seen Mandalorian actually eat anything. <laughs> it was like the first time it came to my mind. I'm like, you know, if he can't take his helmet off, how the fuck does he eat? And then we find out. He does the little half head up. Yeah. <laughs> it just kind of sucks it underneath. <laughs> but, I mean, I wonder if, like, he slips or something. The whole thing falls off. Is his whole religion just done? If he, like, slips while he's doing that, he's like, here we go. Oh, shit. And his helmet pops off or something. I don't know. I'm just saying. I think <laughs> that could be a possibility. Uh, so he thanks Bo-Katan and everything. She does talk to him about something and some stuff for a little bit. More or less sounds like she's still trying to convert him to like not be, you know, deep in this Mandalorian Creed stuff and everything. But uh, he's not having any of it. He's going to those mines. I... <laughs> <laughs> this plot line for me is so boring but anyway this is the moment where she says you won't be able to figure it out without me so let's go and then they're there instantly which again 
that was really stupid pacing. I just felt like the pacing overall had this weird feeling of like rushing through things that they shouldn't have rushed through and then taking way too much time with things that they should have taken their time. Uh, I just, I, I don't know why they decided to do things the way that they did in this episode. Yeah. Like instead of elaborating on going up and down the tunnel, like why don't you give us more lore? Yeah. And that doesn't cost you money to do lore. I mean, you just, just have dialogue. to talk. Just dialogue. I mean, it's not like I want like, yeah, sure, I'd love a hundred action scenes and crazy shit happening, but I understand they can't do that constantly for money reasons. And also it wouldn't make any sense. But you know, like there's no reason they can't talk about lore. They're surrounded by the ruins of an ancient well, it's not ancient, but like they're surrounded by the ruins of a civilization. So this is a perfect place for lore. It makes perfect sense for them to just go lore crazy. And she just empties all this stuff about this cool Mandalorian stuff because like for the layman's person, which I wouldn't even say that's me or you, I'd say it's a person who doesn't know that much about star Wars. Yeah. Open it up. Tell them all kinds of stuff. Give them all kinds of lore of why Mandalore is important. Why Mandalorians are cool. Why Mandalore was such a threat to the empire. Like they kind of talk about it, but they could go a lot deeper I'm not really sure why they don't. It's because this season is almost dependent on that because it's centered around Mandalore. So if you don't give us a reason to care about Mandalore, like if, if somebody hasn't seen the Clone Wars, they're like, I don't get why this place matters that much other than it's where these people came from. But right, I need more. Uh, and I've seen Clone Wars and I need more. <laughs> like I, I've seen Mandalore and I'm still like, <clears throat> I get it a little, but they could they could really be hitting this a lot more, and they, I don't know really why they aren't. And, and uh, so I, I agree with you on that point. Um, I, I I'm trying to remember this part. They go down to the mines, they find it, the waters, and everything. Uh, she reads the inscription so that they know that this is where the mines are. Uh, Mando wastes no time, takes off some of his armor, but not most of it and dips himself in the waters to relieve him of all of his transgressions. Then he gets taken down by some monster squid thing. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know what's going on with Mandalorian baptisms, but they need to like fix their problems here. <laughs> it's two episodes. Yeah, I like how they keep getting attacked by giant sea monsters. It's funny to me because I'm I'm thinking from a like American evangelical church baptism of like <laughs> just imagine if we ever they take you out got... to the old pond and a giant squid comes out and like tentacles like... wrap around the person that's underwater and they drag them to the depths of the pond and they drown and die. The idea of a giant squid in a pond is a pretty insane <laughs> idea. The kraken comes with. out. The kraken comes out of a pond. I, I like, it's just like, they they need to fix their baptisms because they are way too unsafe. They're, they're going to lose more people to, to the baptisms than to like getting killed by the empire or anything else. So I just thought this was pretty dumb. For one, you could see it coming okay, is another monster going to pop out? It was almost like you could see it coming so much you actually thought they wouldn't do it again. And then they do. I just thought this was so lame. I, I don't know. At first, at first, I thought he just like, like he, as he was slowly no. like walking into it and <laughs> saying the creed, I thought he like missed a step or something and just <laughs> fell into like the abyss. I was like, wow, that, that did not go very well. <laughs> and then he just dies. 
That's the end of season three. That's the end. That's the end of season three. Oh my god, really bad. No, I was. I thought for a second. I'm like, oh man, are they really gonna make something happen here? Like, can he just get out and be like, all right, I'm Mando again. I don't need to do this stupid thing. I can move on and be cool again. Like, I was hoping he'd have a rebirth of his character to being interesting again. Because, frankly, in these first two episodes. I mean, he did have the moment, like in the first episode, he was still really cool and stuff. But in this episode, he has to be saved. He had to get saved. I, I, I don't know. He's he's losing a lot of uh, interest to me. So, like, I really I want to see his pack, character uh, come back. I thought the jetpack underwater thing was interesting. I didn't, yeah, I'm not sure I didn't think the jetpacks would be able to do that. I don't know if it scientifically I mean, this is Star works. Wars, but, <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was... I thought that was interesting. I'm like, all right. I, I wasn't going to go crazy on that. I don't know what the science is behind that, but I'm like, yeah, whatever. It is what it is. I also don't know why the giant squids like you down to the... Oh, my fucking God. How? All right, I'm okay now. I literally just punched my thumb off the side of my desk, so I'm okay. What was I talking about? The giant squid that launches, a, launches Mando down to the bottom of the ocean or whatever that lake is. And it just leaves them there and then stares at them as they go back up. Thought that was a little strange. I don't really know why he's doing that. Is the giant squid like some <laughs> religious being or something? And this is supposed to be like. So once again, part Mike of the deal? pooped on in the comments about this. But God, wasn't Bo Katan reading something in there about some sort of creature? Was that the creature she was reading about? Maybe. I mean, again, I, I would get crushed in the comments more than you because I apparently because the creature kind of looked like the uh, creature that they use for their emblem because it looked like it had like the the tusks on its face. I couldn't get oh, a good look at it because it was really dark. So I'm kind of wondering if that's what it was. Is that supposed to be significant that he got pulled down? Like, does that mean something to the Mandalorian? I don't know because the, at the end of the episode, right as the episode's ending, like. They act like that was something like because this really dramatic music is playing and like mm -hmm. Bo-Katan is kind of like, even though her helmet's on, you can still tell she's kind of like, whoa, like that was a surreal experience. So I'm wondering if that does mean something. I wonder what it means, but like, I don't know, like, I wonder if that does the reverse of Bo-Katan actually starts to rethink her thoughts about Mandalorians right. or if. Or if it goes the other way, and Mandalor the Mandalorian's like, wow, I did all this work, and I almost got killed by the fucking thing I'm supposed to be, like, <laughs> uh, like kind of worshipping. I I don't entirely get it. Um, in general, I just didn't really care for this episode that much. It was a little bit more interesting to me, like I said, because of the lore that's surrounding them, even though they didn't really talk about it. Yeah, I'm I not saying that this, that this was a... I was bored, but this was this was not a dumpster fire. No, it's not there yet. I've but seen I gotta say, very much worse. Well, that's also true. I guess I I don't expect this to go dumpster fire. But I gotta say, like if they keep going like this, it will be just bad for me at some point. Like I'm kind of giving them the benefit of the doubt because the first two seasons were so good. But like if this was the beginning of the of the series, and I haven't seen anything else, I'd be like, wow, this series is gonna suck because these first two episodes have just not been good. They're not interesting. They're just there. Um, and they're very poorly directed. I, I don't know who's directing these episodes. 
but they're bad. I, I think the direction in both of these have been pretty terrible. And I don't know if I can just put down the director. There's probably a billion people that could be at fault for that. Uh, or it's not a, their fault at all, but either way, it didn't come out well. So uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of what I've seen so far. I really hope it picks up and starts to get a different feel moving forward. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's still all right. I don't hate it. I'm not miserable. I, I'm not bored. miserable. I don't hate it. I just don't like it. <laughs> I like it's it's very meh right now. But you get enough mehs together, it becomes meh. Uh-huh. <laughs> now do you understand? You get three mehs together, now you're just vomiting. That that that's more or less what I'm trying to get at. So yeah. Uh that's the whole episode. Do you have any uh final thoughts or anything else you wanted to discuss from this episode? Nah. Do you think it's gonna go somewhere good? Um from what you've seen. I would like so to far? hope that it would, but I, I can't say for sure. Yeah. Like I said in the I, first episode, always hope. I'm just kinda I'm just kind of along for the adventure now. That's that's what I'm here for. Well I'm trying to think. I guess that does it for this podcast. So um if you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please leave us a review. Five stars would be cool, but uh, leave us a review if you could. Let us know how we're doing. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, hit up the comments. Um, let us know how we're doing. Do you have a comment for them to leave if they've made it this far into the podcast to show us their undying loyalty? Um, Squid Monster. Squid Monster. Put Squid Monster into the comments, and I'll say hell yeah, brother, to you, so you can feel important on this. Uh, well, whenever you watch this, I don't even know when this is going out, but uh, yeah. So, yeah, all that good stuff. Also, I have the Discord in the description, along with the links to the Apple Podcast and Spotify version of the podcast. But um, if uh, you know, if you see that. Join the Discord because that's where you're going to get all the updates about what we're doing. I've started streaming again on Twitch. We're planning on doing more and more stuff with podcasts, more and more stuff with YouTube. So stay in touch with us. Discord's the way to do it. We even have an entire channel devoted to bathwater. And uh, so, you know, you're only going to get that on our Discord. Poo water and pool water now. I changed it. Yes. Bathwater, poo water, and pool water. My mistake. (laughs) So... Yeah, you're only going to get that here. But anyway, the link to that is in the description on YouTube in the Discord. So anyway, thank you guys so much for watching. And until next time. Yes, until next time. 65 million years from now.